0: Hi, everyone. This is Brother Gary with Hands Across the Border. We're going to be again in Philippians chapter number three. Lord willing, we'll cover verses four through eight. And while you're turning in your Bible there or getting ready for this uh, Bible study, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to uh, spread it around, help other folks uh, hear about us. And don't forget, by supporting this podcast, you help put Bibles in the hands of people. And so whole Bibles there in Mexico. Uh, Look at verse number four, Philippians chapter three, verse four. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh that he hath whereof he might trust in the flesh, I more. Remember the last time we were together, Paul was saying, beware, don't let these things trip you up. He said in verse number two, he was talking about the dogs, the evil workers and the concision. And he was talking about, we're not rejoicing in the flesh, but in the Lord, we rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Well, that's totally opposite of what we hear today. We're to follow our hearts. We're to trust in ourselves. We're to do all of these things. And we're so bright and we're so smart, but the truth of it is we're not that bright and we're not that smart. It's we're to give it to the Lord who knows the beginning from the end, knows all things. He knows how yours and my day is going to end up. We might have a hope and a, maybe an idea of how we wish it's going to end up, but God knows exactly how the end of the day will work. So he comes now to verses four through eight, and he's talking about those who might have confidence in their flesh because they have done some great things. And the apostle Paul starts off there in verse number four, which we just read. And uh, he basically says, although I could have reliance and trust in my flesh, if there's anybody out there is persuaded to rely on their own flesh, Uh, because of their position, because of the things that maybe they have accomplished in their life, Paul says this, I could have a greater degree because of mine. Paul is saying this, oh yeah, you thought you did something? Uh, Let me tell you what I've done. If you think you can trust in your flesh, I can tell you I've done some great things in the name of religion, but I still can't trust my flesh because I'll fail every time. And he goes on to explain why you can't do that. And he begins in verse number five to talk about his heritage, his heritage there. He begins to talk about, look with me. He says, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews is touching the law of Pharisee. And so he begins to talk about his heritage. Look, if, if, I, if someone could trust in their flesh, I could because of my heritage. He, he says, I participated in that religious rite of my people, the nation of Israel, and I was born in the tribe of Benjamin. And religiously, I w- I, as to, to the law of Moses, I was a separatist of the separatists. I mean, I was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was following every writing that they had, and, and I was looked upon. I was the right-hand man of Gamal, and and uh, I was looked at as somebody. He goes on in verse number six now, if you'll look with me there, at verse number six. And uh, he he says not only my heritage, but now he talks about his religious zeal concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. And so uh, here the Apostle Paul, he's saying this, according to fervor of spirit, used any way, I used it any way to harass and, and to make run the assembly of Christians and my integrity and purity of life throughout my being, I thought I was according to the law of Moses and was without defect or, or fault. And what he's saying here is this, is I really thought what I was doing was right in the eyes of God. I wonder how many times you and I do that. We get, we get so zealous. Uh, we have a zeal without knowledge, and we just uh, kind of go off there, and, and uh, we think, man, I'm really doing something for God. I, I really think God sees this, and I, I'm doing it with a pure motive, but we're doing it absolutely wrong, and we're hurting folks. Look what he was doing. He was running the very people who got off. He was trying to have them killed, and he was having them thrown in prison. Remember, he was there holding the coats of the men who stoned Stephen, the first martyr. And so we see that in verse number six. Then we come now to verse number seven. Verse number seven, he says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ." What he says here, nevertheless, the things that were advantageous to me, which made me look like a great leader, actually caused damage through the violence I did to the believers of the Messiah. And so he says it was all loss for Christ. I thought what I was doing was right in the eyes of God, but I was hurting the work of the Lord and everything I did, I was causing damage, causing damage to the work of the Lord. And then we come to verse number eight. Look at what he says here in verse number eight. He says, Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. I I want you to uh, see something here. He looks at how we should view our unyieldedness, right? He thought he was doing it for the Lord, but he was doing it for self. And what we see here is this, is we see the Apostle Paul saying, contrary to my self-reliance, at least where I am not yielding to the leading of God, I see it as as a damaged and no good. That's what he's saying here. Things that were gained to me they were damaged and no good for the things of the Lord. And he says, then we see in that verse also what happens when we view our walk with God rightly. Now, because of that, I can excel in the understanding of of the Messiah and my Savior, who is my owner and has complete control over me is what he's saying here. Notice what else he says when we sell out. When we sell out, he he says, for this, I've suffered damage to my reputation and physical injury and been looked at as a heretic in my religion. Sometimes it's that way, isn't it? And then we see the result is a walk of victory. He says this, but I count all that is worthless and detestable because The purpose and end result is that I have gained the true Messiah and anointed one. You see, Paul's saying this, listen, doesn't matter our heritage, doesn't matter our zeal. None of that is worth anything if we're doing it for self. It's all but dung. It's all loss. It's all worthless. And so what we have to do is we have to yield ourselves to the Lord. What happens when we view that rightly is then we begin to see God take ownership of us. We begin to yield to him in different areas of our life. But there's a cost sometimes when we sell out. There's a cost to our reputation. There's, there's maybe physical injury. There, there, you may be looked at as a heretic. But the end result is a walk of victory. A walk of victory. Isn't that what you want? A walk of victory in the Lord? If you were just to shut everything off and just meditate and think about this right now, could we say your walk with God is victorious? If not, why not?